0: Today, Pac Sunday, um, the podcast where two petrol heads talk about Formula One and banter about lots of opinions, and we don't always agree on everything. But hit the like. Thank you for the likes in the past. I'm John Dowsett,
1: and I'm Robert Ross. That's, that way, <laughs> that's that's Rob Ross, and yep. and uh, and we're here to talk about what Rob. We're talking about the first half of the season. I'm going to take a look at uh, the qualifying, the races, our choices for driver of the day for each race, and our scores for the races. And then we'll talk about what I'll say is the the half Grand Prix of Spa, and we'll end it there. Perfect. So before we talk about the first half of the season and look at the numbers and so forth, What did you think overall of the first half going into this? And what did you think? It's a fantastic season. It's the best year in a long
0: time. I mean, we've got, we've got more than one team that's up front. We've got all kinds of, of, people doing things that wasn't expected. We don't have the Mercedes show going one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. And um, clearly Adrian knew he's made the red bull faster and the midfield's tighter. So it's been a fantastic season in my mind.
1: Yeah. And Honda. Well, I'd say it's, it's been better than I expected because as you know, I've not been expecting much from F1 recently. But uh, it's nice to see Honda and Red Bull compete with Mercedes. Uh, they did in the past, but never for the championship. But this time it's a championship battle. I'd say that Williams has surprised me a little bit. Not necessarily their qualifying, but getting up into the points. Uh, some may say by unusual circumstances, but doesn't matter. They They did it. So that's pretty cool. And... Alpine has been a bit of a surprise again, qualifying, not that great, but some good results in the races. So let's start with qualifying and we'll start with the Mercedes team, because we're going from the who's ever in the lead halfway through the season. So if we take a look at Lewis's qualifying, we're going to see a lot of success. Only once he's in seventh place and that was in Monaco, which is probably the worst place he could qualify in Monaco. But consistently on the, on the front row and then a couple of times just off of it. what do you think of Lewis's qualifying? He's dead reliable, isn't he? Yes, he is. And he's, four wins, he, or sorry, four been, pole positions as well. He's
0: got it, he's got it sorted uh, and and he's managed to keep his head about him even though he doesn't have the fastest car.
1: Right. So let's take a look at Velt- Valtteri in contrast. Wow. So one pole position instead of four, uh, a low of 10, which is lower than Lewis's seventh. But he's consistently on the second row. He's got a lot of third places in qualifying. But, you know, that's not the kind of qualifying that you would expect from a Mercedes, even if he's behind Lewis, just one pole position. Isn't the biggest, it. the biggest thing that stands out to me with
0: that is, is it isn't as consistent. It, it, the, the the gaps are huge. That's right. Yeah, that's a huge. That's a huge difference between his his top performances and the not so top performances. And what is That is that mental? Is that upgrades that that, that he's Lewis not has. getting, or are they're testing things with his car? I, I I don't know, but that's not very impressive to
1: me. Yeah, that lack of consistency. That's why he's behind Lewis all these years, and probably why he's lost his ride at Mercedes as well. So, there you go. So, let's move on to Red Bull, and we'll look at Max Verstappen hmm. first. And we can see that Max has done superbly in qualifying four pole positions, a low of third place. So, he's been on the front two rows the entire half, first half of the season. So what what else can you say, right? That's what you expect from a guy like Max Verstappen. And Adrian Newey. And Adrian. And Honda. We have to say Honda, even though it's their last year. (laughs) Yes. So let's take a look at Perez, who they brought in to support Max, I would say. And we can see that he has no pole positions. And he's been on the front row once on this second row twice or sorry three one two three four four times and then other than that in the top 10 except for that 11th in bahrain so he makes it a challenge for himself to make up positions in the races compared to max but great improvement like great improvement yeah you see some consistency from france onward don't you
0: yes and a nice climb up so he is figuring out the car clearly that's that's his climb and and now he's he's comfortable with the car. And as we've seen, he's pushing it to the limit and driving it off the track because now he's gone to the other, <laughs> other end of it.
1: Right, right. But, you know, it's his first year in the Red Bull and we've seen others struggle in that and he's done better than the others so far. I mean, he is a very experienced driver as well. So next up, we're going to go to McLaren and Lando Norris. So we can see that he's been in the top 10 the entire first half of the season he's got a high of second in Austria and you know he's very consistent so that's why he's got such good results this year any thoughts on Lando
0: belongs belongs in in the the fastest car he does he does for sure brilliant driving
1: let's take a look at his teammate Daniel Ricciardo and we can see a lack of consistency here in contrast to Lando started out well then a lot of dips he's been up and down throughout the entire season and he's had a struggling getting to that car hasn't he I think it's a confidence thing that's
0: I I think he just needs to needs to spend some time in that car and figure it out a little bit
1: more and we'll see a little bit more consistency because he is a brilliant driver and he's always been a great he's always been a great qualifier as well Right. right so all right, let's move on to Ferrari and we'll start with Carlos Sainz and again, fairly consistent, although at the second half of the, you know, from basically France onward, experienced a bit of a plunge there. So, you know, a high of four, a low of 15, he says he's not comfortable with the car yet. What are your thoughts on Carlos? I, he needs time. Yeah, he just, just like to, Daniel, right? Just like
0: Daniel, you know, yeah. give give him till year two, let him sort it out. And it's more than just the car, you know. It's it's coming to grips with the team and the culture of the team and and all of that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's contrast him with his team our teammate Charles Leclerc, and we see he has two pole positions, a low of twelve, so that's not too bad, and you know, relatively in the top ten for the most part. And that's what you expect. He's got experience with the team, and he's a a great driver. So Carlos has put himself up against a really good driver. And I think from from
0: here on, from this sort of level on, we're going to see great big, huge differences from from, uh, unlike the fastest car, which is pretty consistent. And you've got to know that the Mercedes and the Red Bull are a dream to drive. Like, they've got to be, you know, just instills confidence. They know what they're going to do, and they can drive it quickly right off the bat whereas the rest of the teams have to worry about setup a little bit more i think
1: yeah and that's why as we go down the field for the lower qualifiers because they have not as good cars and so forth you're going to see some more inconsistency so let's move on to alpine in Ocon. so we see him basically wow. all over the place <laughs> don't we <Yep>. have <laughs> a few finishes in the top 10 or sorry qualifying in the top 10 then all over the place. So we saw that we, he started out fairly, you know, the first two, not that great. Then he went up, went down, went really down, went up again. Let's take a look at Fernando in contrast. Fernando, I would say is more consistent, although he has some fairly large dips as well, doesn't he?
0: And do they correlate yeah. They correlate. So it's track related, and, yeah, you know, pretty as you much, you know, that as you, as you look at those, those two lines they they are in, in concert, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So no surprise there. They're two outstanding drivers. And, uh, particularly we saw Ocon win a race and Fernando <laughs> did so brilliantly in Hungary. So next up we're going to go to Alpha Tori. We'll start with Gasly, of course, and uh, here we see a few dips, but consistently in fifth or sixth throughout the entire season or sort of the half season. So that's why he's got some really good results. It's unfortunate that he's not going to go to Red Bull, at least next year. We know that Perez has been re-signed, yeah, but he's been re-signed with AlphaTauri for the moment, but uh, excellent qualifying. That's why he's got some excellent results.
0: I'm really looking forward to that, by the way. I know we're sidestepping, but I'm really looking forward to seeing him beside Bottas. Britain, Britain and uh, Spain are is two failings.
1: Yeah. Um, are those tracks similar? Well, there's a long straightaway on, at Spain, right? In Britain, yeah, I'd say they're fairly similar. So yes. You're probably losing up on top speed. Let's take a look at Yuki. <laughs> as, well, as expected, he's a rookie, yes. so <laughs> yes. uh, totally unqualified by Gasly. A couple of uh, DNQs, it says DNF there, but he didn't finish the qualifying. Not much of a surprise there, but he's got a few in the top 10. Otherwise, a lot lower than Gasly, but he's been re-signed. So you've got to give a rookie at least a year, at least in this, in this formula, don't you?
0: I guess so. He's yeah. been re-signed. I thought Bottas was going to Alpha Tori.
1: He's no, he is. That's not Alpha Tori. Never mind. Alpha Romeo. Alpha right? Romeo. Yeah. So next up, we have Aston Martin and Sebastian Vettel. And again, no surprise in this terms of results because that car is not a top car. A few finishes in the top 10. A few finishes just out of the top 10. But there's no consistency there. I expect that from that type of car, and he's learning the car as well. Again, he, we've got the same thing. We've got we've
0: got uh, Spain and and Styria. But you know, the next week you went on the same track from Styria to Austria, which was the same track. It was <laughs> night and day, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then let's, let's take a look at Lance. Again, pretty inconsistent. A few top 10s. Other than that, he's out of the top 10 and a few DNQs as well. So it's, what, his fifth or sixth year. Uh, We know he's not going anywhere next year. I think this is the lineup for next year. So, yeah. They're they're signed. but, I mean, Daddy's going to hire him again, right? Oh, absolutely. I would say so. Mm -hmm. Uh, And let's hope that they create a better car and maybe he'll do better. So next up is Williams, and we're going to start with Latifi. And no surprises here, a high of 14, a low of 19. But after from Azerbaijan onward, fairly consistent.
0: And right. and they're speaking well of him.
1: Yes. And he has improved, I would say, at least in their in the race results as well. But as we know, if we look at Russell, completely outqualified his teammate again. But a few in the top 10, a few just outside the top 10, I would say he was consistent mid-season, and now it's all over the place again. He,
0: so, he, dri- he drives the wheels off that car. What yeah, he manages a- to pull out of that car is very Santa-esque. It's very Jackie Stewart. It's very Jim Clark. It's very go back through the years, and the guys that got way more out of the car than is there, somehow he does it. And, and right. he's driving what was it there was there was uh, 15 kilometers an hour faster than verstappen at one of the corners at the last race in qualifying
1: <laughs> right yeah he's amazing and that's why he deserves his uh upcoming mercedes ride right yes so all right let's move on to alfa romeo and we look at kimi raikkonen and again not too surprising the car isn't that great a high of 13 um a low of zero, that's not correct, but anyways, he's definitely been, you can see some up and downs here, but, you know, it's consistent for that type of, uh, that area of the, of the field, don't you think? Absolutely. Right.
0: Absolutely. And I, I, actually it's, it looks pretty consistent to me Yeah. for what he's driving. That's pretty spectacular. It's almost the same as Vettel, you know, where it's, mm-hmm. he he's, uh, it looks like he's getting out of the car. What? He can. But he can,
1: right. Yeah. If we look at his teammate, Antonio, he's got one DNQ, but uh, he, again, is relatively consistent, I would say, and he's got one top 10 and then quite a number just outside the top 10. So he's definitely improved this year. Hugely.
0: He's got something to prove, and he's driving the wheels off it. I mean, can he maintain that? I think I I have the same question about him as I do about – George and George Russell and and the two of them are young guns and they're driving like young guns and mm-hmm. you can't man, maintain that that's like old Max old Max is not going to win a championship because he's driving the bloody wheels off it but you drive the bloody wheels off it and you go into the wall or you hit somebody or you get penalties and I think that I think that I question whether George Russell in in a top car as well as Giovinazzi whether they can
1: maintain that sort of pace right well, with Russell, we'll see. With Giovanazzi, he apparently has three more races to keep his seat. <laughs> we already know that uh, Bottas is joining him. Yes. So we'll see. So let's go to the worst team on the grid, Haas, and we'll start with Mick Schumacher. And we can see some consistency from him as well. A high of 15th, a couple of DNQs, pretty much what I expected. What about you Same thing. Yes. Actually yeah. he
0: did better than I thought he would. Right, uh, right. First year and in a crappy car and pushing it and, but driving very maturely for, for a first year, I must say.
1: Yeah. He seems to be treating it entirely as a first year exercise, right? Yes. So we'll look at Nikita, his teammate and except for a couple of times when Nick, didn't qualify you can say that Mazepin is definitely consistent he's either 18th or 20th basically right (laughs) 119th but that's to be expected uh he is approaching the year fundamentally differently I think than Mick is in that he's just very erratic he needs to calm down a little bit but he's both of these guys are confirmed for next season He's the son of a billionaire just like uh, Lance, just like Latifi. So he's not going anywhere. Really?
0: So you, you think that's what it is? You think it's a paid ride? And
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I would give him a chance. Again, a second year, I have no problem with that. He can calm down. Maybe he'll improve. But compared to Mick, it hasn't been a good look.
0: No, no. I, uh, he's a weapon. I think I think as I told you before, when I raced, the scariest thing was the one weapon on the track, and he's definitely the weapon <laughs> on the track. Right? He's, yeah. He's more than a rolling chicane; he's downright scary. Like yeah. it's. But anyway, that
1: he's like he's, a surprise chicane. Like I'm going to chicane you right now. <laughs> don't know when you're going to hit it.
0: It's going to yeah. be there.
1: Yeah. So before we leave qualifying, let's look at both Max and Lewis, and we can see lots of wow. pole positions lots of highs. Max has it though. Max is just a little bit better than Lewis thus far this year. Well, he clearly has a superior car. I mean, what do you think? Do you think that can be said, or do you think it's track certain tracks, definitely superior, certain tracks, not as superior.
0: They figured out the whole thing with the high rear end. Mm -hmm. And I was watching in the last race, how on the cool down lap, that the back end of that car looked like it was something i drew in high school it was so high off the ground the back end was so high off the ground right and i think that adrian newey and the engineers have just hammered the handling like lotus used to do and right. they've got a car now that is just so wonderful and in looking at that my guess is what happens is with high downforce it Mm -hmm. sticks to the track you go around the fast corners and it's glued to the ground and you go around the slower corners and you get more traction because it isn't as planted and it gives you a softer rear suspension so you get more traction in the corners Mm -hmm. from the rear end and they don't need that downforce going around those corners it's got to be newy it's got that's the way I'm looking at it right. because it's that the back end of that car is just incredible.
1: And the engine's more competitive too, I would say. It's always hard to know exactly what a difference the engine makes because you look at AlphaTauri and Gasly's doing well. You look at the other Mercedes teams and they're all way behind Mercedes, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Chassis and setup and all that is definitely the largest factor, but Honda has done a great job this year. And they just drive away. Like the Red Bulls just drive away. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the races and we'll start with Lewis and look at his race record. And we can see he's got four wins, a low of 15, no DNFs. So pretty consistent only outside the points once the seventh in Monaco, that didn't do him too well. But most of the time, he's on the podium. So that's why at the half point of the season, he was leading the championship just barely. And that's no surprise to anyone. Correct?
0: <laughs> it's, it is a surprise to me. It, it, it has elevated Lewis even higher in my mind with those kind of results. Oh, really? Uh, sure. You know, when he's getting beaten by... A faster car which he has which has happened that's yep. really demoralizing and to try and try and keep your wits about you and stay positive and not let that affect you right is is a major feat and could very well be one of the reasons why Botass is where Botass is is because he isn't coping with it as well i don't think
1: right right well speaking of bottas if we look at his results no wins uh, three DNFs, not that many podiums either, right? You I mean he's got? Well, he's fairly. He's got about six podiums, but you know, you see the lines. He's all over the place.
0: Which so. comes back to what I was saying. You just give up. It's you know the guys are driving away from me. There's also a little bit of teamwork in there. You mm-hmm. know, there were there were a couple races in 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 the first half where he was sort of given the orders to back up everybody else. And yeah.
1: Yeah. He's definitely in support of Lewis. Yes. Right. So let's move on to max. And as expected, he's got five wins, two DNFs, one in Azerbaijan. We saw that towards the end of the race. And that's the one that uh, Sergio won. And then of course the controversial DNF in England controversial to some to me it's a racing incident and uh, in Hungary he had that first uh, lap incident with Bottas which put him back in ninth now if we look at his teammate Perez fairly inconsistent he's got the one win in Azerbaijan when uh, Max was out a lot less points but Fairly often in at least the top ten and fairly often in the top five.
0: So very, very, very impressive for a first year in, in a car. In a Red Bull, exactly.
1: Yeah. So he's doing what they needed him to do, and that's probably why he's been signed for next year, right? <laughs> All right, so McLaren next and Lando Norris. And we can see superb results from him. One DNF, but so consistent always in the top 10, except for that one DNF. And that's why he's been up to third or fourth in the championship. In a car that's way, way slower than the top four cars, at least in most races. And then if you contrast him with Ricardo, who we know is again in a new team and having some trouble, definitely lower results, no DNFs, but a few results outside the top 10, but most of his results are inside the top 10. so hopefully by next season in the new car, he's, he's doing better. Any thoughts on, on those two?
0: Yeah. Lando in my mind is a God. He's the, he's an upcoming world champion and, and Danny man, like he just has to sort it out. And I think he will. He's he's, um, he doesn't have very many opportunities left if he doesn't do something here. And, no. and if you're up against Lando, that's a pretty tough bar to, to, to meet. Yeah. Uh, And and on top of that, a team that isn't rolling in the coin because of their past few years, not getting as much money. Would Uh, you
1: say would you say that Lando is one is an example of a driver who through his first three seasons has improved and now he's he's at a level that he's never been to before? Oh, don't, don't you think? I
0: mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's, he's, he, I think he, and, but at such an incredible rate, you know, faster than faster than Max because Max being around has been around for a long time. Yeah. He's only 23 years old, but he's been around since before he had a a, a road license for heaven's sake. <laughs> and, and maybe that age has something to do with it. It was interesting that I was watching how uh, our, our man, um uh our Canadian lad uh Lance beat b- both of those top guys George and um and Lando in lower classes mm-hmm. um so three. yeah so it'd be interesting to see what happens with those guys too I mean do you think that he's got anything in him With Lance yeah
1: hard to say he's he's not terrible but he hasn't shown to be great yet either whereas lando and russell they've had moments of wow that's incredible yeah right yeah so we'll see all right let's move on to carlos Sainz at ferrari and we can see relatively consistent through the first half of the season up until france then he takes a dip but again he's adapting to a new team as well and if we look at charles Wow, right. He's not. Wow. It's not a new team. He's got consistent results in the top ten as well. In total, he's three points ahead of car- of uh, Leclerc. But I'd say overall, Leclerc's had better results consistently. I, I, just looking
0: at that, I, I would take Carlos. Oh yeah. If he, if he sure, if he's doing that in a new car in that he doesn't year. know in his first year. Wow. You know, what's he gonna if he could develop that car for himself? right figure out how to set it up get to know the engineers because he has to learn all his new engineers and who's going to really help him and who's who can understand them. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah good for well, carlos it's good that they signed him then right because everyone yeah. wanted him to sign uh, uh ricardo yes but what's going to happen with
0: with Chaz leclerc what's going to happen with him i i don't know like he came out great guns and is he going to be able to mature and and be a journeyman driver or is he going to lose his speed when he realizes that it costs him races. All you have to do is look at that graph, you know, and, right. and when he puts it all on the line, yeah, he can, he can have some nice results, but he can also bail out the back. And and when you do that, you're not going to win any championships doing that. Yeah.
1: I mean, the Monaco, that's, that cost him a lot, that crash, right? And he's, He couldn't participate in the race basically. And in Hungary it got taken out. But, yeah, it's, it's good that Ferrari's got two drivers that can compete against each other, uh, unlike the old days when it was. And they're both
0: young. They, I mean, they can keep those guys and develop them and develop a car around those two guys for years to come. Right, right. Hopefully.
1: Right. All right, let's move on to Alpine and Ocon. Some fairly good results. Obviously, his victory in Hungary is a superb result. A lot of ninth places, a seventh place, then a few outside the points and a few DNFs. And that's what I would expect from this particular team. Maybe not the win. That was a surprise. But overall, I thought he's done pretty well. What do you think? Absolutely. And that that win, uh, yeah, a little bit of a fluke, but he earned it. He did. Absolutely. And then we look at Fernando fairly inconsistent at the beginning but then from Azerbaijan onward you know in the top 10 all the time so nobody comes
0: back nobody comes back to F1 and does well historically right, right. and you know what he got his mojo back and, yeah. and 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 oh my god the the man can still drive
1: yes thankfully because yeah. it's, there have been some great races that we've seen from him so and speaking of another standout driver, we're going to move on to al and Pierre Gasly. So again, a lot of results in the top 10. He's got a podium in Azerbaijan, you know, one DNF, and then just two other results outside the top 10
0: Stunning. in that car.
1: Very, Stunning. very good. Stunning. And in contrast, his rookie teammate, who would expect to have worse results than he does but still what do we got one two three four five results in the top 10 that's not bad
0: that's really impressive yeah first first year in that car that's Mm -hmm. really impressive i mean gasly has been around a while yes he's been in the red bull he's been you know yeah he's uh, maybe he's gonna
1: go places if he can get some consistency okay so let's move on to sebastian Vettel and his results. And we can see sort of a, a V here, can't we? An upside down V, <laughs> didn't start out too well, had some great results mid season. And then since then it's been downhill, hasn't it? And let's look at Lance then in contrast. The same say, thing. Yeah, a little bit more consistently in the points with a lot of eighth places and a few 10th places, but he has more experience in that car and that team, doesn't he? Mm-hmm.
0: I'd but, like to know uh, I'd like to know what happened after Azerbaijan.
1: I don't know. Sebastian, he will adapt to that car. And especially since the rules are completely different next year. A lot of this information is relevant to this year, but how we can see it going next year, I really can't say. Well, they're gonna be different cars, but but with with Seb,
0: um, my main question is. Is he the number two driver and Lance is getting the upgrades first? Hmm. Don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. Or maybe he's getting the upgrade. Maybe Seb is getting the upgrades first just to trial them out
1: and they're not working. Let's hmm. move on to Latifi in Williams. Wow. You can see fairly consistent, I would say. You know, obviously he's going to be outside the points on most races got those points in Hungary for the six points that he has to his name this year. Not too bad. Now we look at Russell and we see that he has a points finish just below Latifi in Hungary, but overall he's finishing higher throughout most of the races. And that's no surprise really. What a great teammate for Latifi. What great motivation because
0: He's going out there and hammering the bejeebers out of that car and making it do things that clearly Latifi. I don't think think Latifi would be able to do that unless mm-hmm. he knew it was there. And then he's getting the confidence because if Russell's coming in two seconds faster or a second faster, it yep. speaks volumes to what the car is capable of.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll be on next next season as well. I don't know who's going to replace Russell. Uh, rumors about uh, someone from Formula E. Uh, but we'll see. So let's look at Alfa Romeo. And we'll start with Kimi. So we see a couple of points finishes, which isn't bad. Then fairly I, consistent outside the points. But this car isn't great, is it? I, I think
0: that's pretty darn good for what he's driving. Yeah, me
1: too. And then we'll look at Antonio. Just once in the points. Yeah, but, you know, fairly close to Kimi overall. So I'd mm-hmm. say he's improved throughout the... Uh, throughout the year and throughout this season. Whether he gets a ride next season, we don't know. Let's move on to Haas and Mick Schumacher. No surprises here, really, I would say. Fairly consistent, not too bad for uh, that car.
0: I think it's amazing for that car. Yeah. Because it's it's last year's Williams, isn't it? Well, it's not last year's Williams, but that's where Williams was last year. And if anybody ever gotten points, he just kind of probably snorting champagne all night long if they get up on the
1: points (laughs) right now let's look at nikita uh again pretty much what i expect usually at the back very rarely has he beaten uh schumacher unless schumacher has been out of the race so there you go very impressive very impressive
0: for uh 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 a nice career at 7 Eleven or something. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was the billionaire version of 7 Eleven. I don't I have no idea. (laughs) Let's take a look at Max versus Lewis in the races. So we see uh as we saw before, a couple of DNFs from Max. But more wins than Lewis. Slightly more consistent other than the DNS, I would say. So we've got a real championship on our uh, hands this year. Whereas the past few years, after Nico Rosberg left Mercedes, we have not seen this kind of competition against uh, Lewis Hamilton, have we? No, and not, and more importantly,
0: we haven't seen two teams. We've seen the, right. the, the Lewis and Val Terry show right. for seven years. Yep, exactly. And and didn't matter whether it was their track or not, their car was consistently fastest on every track. And now I think we're seeing a little bit of difference, but it's more in the back marker teams where some teams are suited for the high downforce and some are, not that might, coming back to Danny, that might be another thing with Danny because his key to success was running low downforce. Right. Because he's such he's got such great feel for the car for late braking, and, right. and, and I don't think he has the confidence to do it in this car. I think once he gets it set up properly and he can do that, if he mm-hmm. can, if they can do that with the car, um, I would have expected to see him ahead of Lando. And, yeah. And, and that speaks volumes about Lando, I think.
1: Yeah. I think Danny, it's, it's hard to say like, what's going to happen. Are they just going to write off this year because the car's different. Like it'll be interesting to see the constructor, the way that McLaren creates their cars, does will that go over into the new car? Because the suspension's totally different, because the wheels are totally different. It just seems it's gonna be a mystery to see if that happens. It's gonna be a whole new whole new series formula,
0: basically. Yeah. But it's going to be a whole new series it could be anybody at the front the only person i'm really confident about in all of it is adrian newey Hmm. and does he still have it clearly he does if he's able to do what he's been doing with that car and they've managed to keep him there he wanted to leave years ago and and somehow they've kept him there and he keeps on developing and coming up with crazy ideas that work right
1: Right. So if we look at our ratings through the, through the half season for Bahrain, we both gave it a seven. For Italy, you gave it a 2.5. I gave it a three. For Portugal, again, you gave it a 2.5. I gave it a five. For Spain, we both gave it eight. For Monaco, we both gave them one. For Azerbaijan, you did a three. I did a four. For France, both sevens. For Styria, you did an eight, I did a six. For Austria, negative four and negative ten. From, <laughs> you did the negative four, I did the negative ten. For Britain, you gave it a 12, I gave it a seven. For Hungary, you gave it a ten, I gave it an eight. So it, that averages out for you, you're averaging a rating of five. So right down the middle, I'm averaging four. Having said that, the... Austrian Grand Prix has distorted that because of the nonsense with the uh, going wide and getting penalties. So I'd say we're in the six or seven range, which is basically what we we agreed upon when we first started mm-hmm. this. It's about it's, it's a surprise season so far. In terms of driver of the race. You've got Sergio for Bahrain, you've got Lando for Italy, Lando for Portugal, Louis for Spain, Lando for Monaco, Pierre for Azerbaijan, Max for France, Yuki for for Styria, Lando for Austria, Louis for Britain, and Fernando for Hungary. So that puts Lando Norris at 36% of your entire selected drivers. For me, I've got Lando for Bahrain, Italy, Portugal. I've got Lewis for Spain. I've got Lando again for Monaco. I've got Sebastian for Azerbaijan. I've got Carlos for France. I've got Lando for Styria and Austria. I've got Leclerc for Britain and Fernando for Hungary. That puts Lando at 54% of my drivers of the day. And I would say for both of us, for the first half of the season, Lando Norris is the driver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah.
0: mind right. you, mind you, I'm surprised that Alonso is as low as he is, that I only picked him in one race. And and well, maybe it's because he's so far back that, you know, they aren't showing him a lot and we aren't seeing what he's actually
1: doing mm-hmm. because he's, yeah, he's a joy yeah, to watch. I, I would say that the most recent few races is where he started to really excel as well yes. and stand out. So, yes. Yeah, I would say Alonzo deserves, you know, second of the the drivers of the days that we selected, even though he's not even selected twice. But he deserves that, I would say. All right. So that's the half season. Not too bad. Pretty happy with it. And I'm really looking forward to next season. I'm really happy with Lando, Pierre, Russell. Those three drivers are really standing out to me.
0: I'm just totally chuffed that we have we have a championship that is not entirely predictable right and and i have to i have to say that in the past it's you know is it with the valtteri lewis show it's who's going to win and hopefully they have good good coverage so we can watch some dicing in the back but now Mm -hmm. we have the dicing in the back with the with the teams closer together and on top of that we actually have something where you know what It's really up in the air. Lewis could pull this out of the bag. Max could destroy him. God knows what's going to happen. It's wonderful.
1: (laughs) It is. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that's our half season review. And let's squeeze in the Spa Grand Prix that wasn't because it wasn't. So it doesn't really deserve its own uh, podcast. We saw qualifying basically and... Mm. That was pretty spectacular, wasn't it? It was
0: great. It was, I loved the qualifying. Qualifying was wonderful. And I was so excited about the race. I love racing in the rain and I love watching racing in the rain. And we didn't get it.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously the outstanding thing in qualifying was George Russell again, getting on the on the front row. Just astounding. I yes. know it was wet and everything, but still to do that in that car. Yeah. I, I just couldn't believe it, you know? Yeah so mm-hmm. and then i guess the only thing to talk about well there's two things you know did they start q3 without like did they start it too soon should they have went out on the circuit and looked at how bad the rain was or to me it's sort of it's it's kind of easy to point the finger at at uh lando's crash and say well look it was too wet Because that corner and that kind of crash happens in the dry and the wet but Sebastian did say it's too wet we're aquaplaning and so forth so I don't know it's it's I'm not sure what do you think
0: well I'm I'm in the the camp of Sir Sterling Moss which is I think that the race should have gone on in the aquaplaning deal with it that's what it's about and Mm -hmm. and it's this I don't think that they should have killed Q3. And I think that we could have seen Lando Norris. We probably would have seen Lando Norris on pole had he had that had not happened. Right. Right. And if he'd gone out with a little bit more time and had a chance to do another recon lap before he went full chat. Right. Because he sure. went full chat too soon. That's a rookie mistake. And you know what? That's why I like racing in the rain, because it separates the men from the boys and Lando was a boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and quite frankly, I think Seb's being a little old lady, and he's you know <laughs> saying it's too wet. I can't can't drive in the rain. Well, you know what? Been doing it for decades. Deal with it. Yeah,
1: you're going to be slower. I do. Slower. I do wonder about the tires, though. Like I remember the rooster tails in the past being high up, and then downward. Now it's sort of dissipated a lot more. Or is that just my defective memory or something? No,
0: I think, I think you're right to a certain degree. Uh, but when you're driving in that, even with those rooster tails in the mm-hmm. olden days, uh, the end result is very, very similar. Right. Uh, and I don't think it's the tires. I think it's the aerodynamics. The cars are so developed
1: aerodynamically. I think that's why
0: it's creating the fog
1: behind them. Well, that's so the that, thing with the Rouge, right? Like you didn't used to be able to take that without flat. lifting right but now you can right remember Jacques Villeneuve trying it flat and wiping yes. out yes. years ago right so and I remember I can't remember which circuit was it was at but years ago they put in a temporary chicane yes. to slow people down I don't know if that was an option but what do you think of them you can't well especially a spa but what do you think of them actually having a two-lap safety car race like an awarding points like no. Was... <laughs> and so
0: they don't have to refund the refund all the the, the ticket buyers and yeah. and and also it's handing out dollars because now they're points it's utter and complete travesty in my mind Me how too. i mean who got the points who got the points look who got the points yeah. they, do you think that that would have happened if there was a race
1: no no, <laughs> no. not a chance no. And so, it went, and it's such a great circuit and in the rain it would have been a spectacular race probably would have been the best race we'd seen this year
0: my favorite circuit
1: yeah
0: i right? mean so it's it's got everything huge yeah, I, indulations huge high speed need big testicles corners and i don't care what anybody says about a rouge it takes it takes major talent still to drive that corner flat out even Mm -hmm. though the cars can do it now it takes major talent to do that you come over the top of that crest flat out and you know what the car gets light (laughs) and you're and you're driving full
1: chat with your foot planted oh my god those guys are gods well it was the first the first f1 race that charlie showed me was spa and it was, uh, it was raining, and it was uh, Michael Schumacher's first victory. Senna didn't do too mm-hmm. well. He made some bad decisions in the rain for a change, but that wasn't usual for him. And I remember Michael spinning on wets and then seeing Martin Brundle in front of him after that, looking at his rear tires and saying, I need to be on dries now. He went in, switched, and won the race. <laughs> and just seeing the cars through a rouge that caught my attention to formula one and i started watching ever since then and that kind of spectacle is usually what gets me started in a sport it happened to me i don't watch basketball anymore but the first time i saw michael jordan take over a game you know, what is this like wow this is amazing and then for MotoGP, just the onboards and seeing them race so close together. It's like, I've got to watch this. So, well,
0: both you and I have been to Grand Prix, We've been to multiple Grand Prix's, yep. but I've never been to Spa. I've no. never been to Monza. And, and that first experience when you went blasting, saw these cars go blasting by you. Can you imagine being on the side of the track at the top of Eau Rouge and watching those cars <laughs> go through? Like it is, its <laughs> you have no concept until you see it live. And if you were to see that live, it would blow anybody's brain to see those guys do that. Yeah, absolutely. They're fighter pilots.
1: Yeah. And it interests me too, because Michael, when I saw him race in Canada, the second time he was driving completely different than the first time, the first time he was very smooth and structured. The second time he was, just chaotic, but he got the, he got it done. Uh, so some drivers can do that. Can't they, they can adapt to their car and get what they need out of it and adapt to the track too. Yeah, right? Exactly. So, but my only idea was, you know, they have repeat races at certain circuits, you know, it's spa is usually busy, but it would be nice if, if they don't go to the States, because frankly, Texas is a nightmare right now in terms of COVID. If they, in MotoGP they're talking about probably not going there. I haven't heard it in F1 yet. It's not been confirmed for either. But if they do have to drop that race, it'd be wonderful if they could reschedule Spa, but I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. <laughs> it'd be wonderful. I don't think it's going to happen though. No. So
0: No. And what's the weather going to be like at that time of year?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's probably already booked and so forth. So yes.
0: So, so there's spa a complete travesty, a waste of everybody that i talk to that watched the race mm-hmm. all kinds of people are saying you know what that's four hours i'll never get back <laughs> right. and, and, and and if and if you're anything like me i don't want to know what the results are i don't want to look at social media i don't want any of that stuff i want it all as i see it and right. here i am watching four hours of television to be to watch two <laughs> laps behind a goddamn pace car and them actually having a podium and calling it a race and, yeah. and, and giving
1: points is just why I don't it's get a, it. it. It's a farce basically. Yes. Right. You know, yes. it's kind of like America Thank you, Liberty media.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Liberty media. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So that's the half season gone. That's the race that
1: wasn't Yep. And um, what's we'll up talk next? About the Dutch Grand Prix of course at Zandvoort. Yes. An old an old school circuit. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we'll talk about that in the next podcast. And, Wonderful. Uh, thanks John. We'll Thank talk you. To talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.